to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hey guys, welcome to our very first podcast episode. We're so excited you're joining us today. For this first episode, Eric and I wanted to start at the beginning and tell you a little bit about ourselves and about this nonprofit we co-founded called Hope on the Hard Road. So today, we're playing an interview we did about a year ago called Our Story. Thanks for listening. Each couple has their own special story. So why don't you both start off by telling us your names and how you both met? I'm Kristen Freund. I'm Eric Freund. So we were in college and uh, there was this little Baptist church off campus and they used to feed us college students. and. On Sunday nights, we would go, and there'd be just, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 kids there. And I see this tall football player across the crowded room, and and uh, we kept running into each other, and then eventually mutual friends of ours introduced us, and that was it. I can remember one of the first conversations we had. Um, you know, besides her being attractive, there's a uh, depth to her. You could just see her confidence, and it you know, it was a reflection, I think, of who she was in the Lord. And uh, that was really attractive to me that uh, somebody that was grounded in their faith, because that's definitely what I was looking for at the time. And Couples often share a lot of commonalities that are special to them. So what is something that you shared in common other than your faith? Other than our faith, it was really kind of fun because we were both athletes. And so Eric was playing mm-hmm. football at the time at the school and I was going to school for physical therapy. And so um, that would kind of come into life later on as well. But um, yeah, we had that in common and we had a bunch of friends in common. And, um, and we were both from Southern California, which we were not in California at the time. We were in Arizona for school, so. Uh, basically, I, I mean, I know like on our first date, uh, I had planned on like playing pool or something like that. And what turned out to happen is we had so much in common talking that uh, we just talked and talked and talked and it was just so natural to talk with her and we had we had a we had a tremendous amount in common i mean besides the fact the athlete uh part of it and and sharing those likes and so forth like that uh you know you start talking about our backgrounds and how we were raised uh there are a lot of similarities there liking i know we've we've gone years now camping and that was something that we hooked on and, and and both enjoyed so there was it was like you know, I was talking to my counterpart that had so many similar likes, and, and so talking with her was just like ongoing, continually. Now, what were your early years as a family like? Well, right after we got married, we moved to California, so mm-hmm. um, it was fabulous because those were our our young newlywed years together, and I went on to um, get my license in physical therapy, and Eric went on to get his master's in teaching, and um, so we were really busy and we loved going to the beach. We loved, um, you know, going surfing. And then as um, time went on, about four years into our marriage, we were um, delighted to be pregnant for the first time with our son. And with his birth, then we decided to move to the San Diego area. And at that time, um, he began a new coaching career and teaching career uh, down here. And then um, I stayed at home with the kids. and. 
yeah, the kids were just a delight. And Abby came along two years later, and um, you know, it's just a, a ton of fun shopping and playing and you know, doing some homeschool stuff with them when they were little preschoolers and such. And um, we just enjoyed those years, did a lot of fun things together. Now, when and how was Abby diagnosed? So Abby was diagnosed a week before she turned four with a diagnosis of autism uh, at our children's hospital. And we had looked into some delays that we had been seeing with her. Um, you know, at two, she ended up getting eyeglasses and had her vision corrected by that. And that sort of threw us off. We weren't sure if something else was going on and we thought, oh, okay, maybe it was the vision. Um, and then, you know, by three, we started seeing that um, there was maybe some learning disability there. Um, she wasn't picking up on things that her brother had picked up on. And so we talked to our doctor and we eventually got, um, you know, a, a referral to go uh, down to our children's hospital and she was diagnosed with autism. And so then that began the next couple of years, just us running like crazy and pushing so hard for everything, doctor's appointments, insurances and therapies and, um, you know, anything we could do to help her. Uh, but that's exhausting. Now, this was a significant time for both of you, but tell me a little bit about what happened 10 years ago in 2011. And so in 2011, Basically, Abby really had a year of inconsistency at her school and um, at her school program, and so that caused a lot of anxiety for her. And so at that point, she just, um, you know, was climbing the walls and just was not doing well at all. And so when, you're, when your kids aren't doing well, you're not doing well. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really, really hard time for us. Um, and basically got to a crisis point. We were trying medications. Those didn't necessarily work. Um, matter of fact, they kind of had um, more of an adverse effect on her. And um, we had to pull her out of school on what's called a home hospital stay and just basically um, have her at home, do therapies, try to calm her down. That wasn't working. Um, and at that point, Eric was coaching and teaching. Yeah. And I Prior to 2011, I mean, I was involved with the IEP process and involved in their lives and so forth like that, but I was also working and coaching, and there's tremendous amount of hours with that, but uh, 2011 really became a breaking point where it was obvious that we had to change some things as a family. The time commitment involved in coaching, which was my passion and something I really loved, just became it came down to a decision-making time that was I going to choose my family and where God was leading us or was I going to choose, you know, to do what was my passion and first, you know, my love in terms of career-wise. And it was clearly, you know, the right choice to do is to, to come back and spend time as family. And, and that was that was a challenge. That was tough. But also you realize, you know, she was such a good mom, still is, but uh, such a good mom that she was taking care of all these things. And, and I figured things were going fine. And I didn't really reflect and necessarily check in. I'm like, well, she'll tell me if something's not okay. Um, and clearly, you know, in 2011, things, things hit a wall. And not that we didn't have challenges before, but it was like, we're gonna have to do these things differently. We're gonna, we're gonna have to form ourselves as a team that we didn't have and, and kind of create some new, new uh, parameters on how we're gonna do this marriage to make this whole thing work with all the challenges. And um, um, 
Yeah, so that, that, that changed it. So I took off, uh, really, we were right going into a football season, and, and this was, this was like uh, August, and August is right, you know, prime time where you're preseason looking, and I'm like, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to step down and got to be with my family. My family's breaking, and if I don't, if I don't come home, um, it's not going to be good. So I need to choose my family now, and, and that's, that's what took place. And I also, in that process, really had a faith crisis because growing up a Christian, you know, you think if I do everything right, God's going to reward that. And I've learned since then, really, that's not God's promises. And, you know, hard things are going to happen, but he's promised that he'll be with us in it. And so I journeyed through that and came out the other side, thank the Lord, and um, just really realized that um, we needed to, as Eric said, start anew and really work together as a team. And, um, you know, with, with God's help and with, you know, faith and family and um, just tangible supports around us, we were able to make it through that crisis state with Abby. Um, and then on to a new, a new stage for her. She's you know, since then been growing and uh, maturing and um, our family's really been knit together by that experience. Support systems are huge when we're going through big things in life. So let's talk a little bit about how you both got support from each other, your staff, your family, uh, or your church. Well, I think at the time, really, since uh, since really what Caleb was born and we moved down here, we were in a uh, you know small group, which actually grew quite a bit. A married and company group and that that group of network and friendships um, were huge and pivotal uh, you know 2011 obviously was a challenging time but even prior to that uh, there was plenty of challenging times along the way and we we learned to reach out to people in that uh, smaller community and, and watch them bless us they may not totally understand what was going on in our lives and understand Abby and the disability but you know they come and they they'd bring meals to us they'd uh, they'd ask how they could help they they uh, partnered with us in praying and, and really didn't um, even if they didn't understand, they showed showed this sympathy and 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 wanting to be involved in our lives, which was which was huge because there's such challenge and you in some the, your your instincts are almost in some ways to hide it because it's it's um it's real and it's raw when it happens. But we we made a commitment not to do that and embrace the people that were going to walk beside us in life with that. And so many families, I'm sure, can relate to this question, but how did this journey with special needs affect your family, and how did you find balance in that? One of the things, I mean, I, I'd mentioned is just over the last several years, like, it seemed like in a matter of three, three years, I'd spent probably 50 days off of work with IEPs, with therapies, with her having hard days, with school, and just you know, the, the, the commitment of how much you're trying to balance this and how much sometimes work takes a, has to take a back seat. Yeah, and I too put my career on hold and, you know, have been not working in physical therapy and have been staying at home with her and taking care of her and all of her needs and getting her to school and getting her to therapies. And, um, you know, another thing that comes into play for families too, and our family especially, has been, you know, our son, when he was at a young age even, was going to all the therapies. I'd pick him up from school and then we'd go straight over for speech therapy and occupational therapy. And he'd sit there and do his homework with me as she had therapy. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a part of his life story now. 
and a big thing for our family is is this idea of trying to balance it. You know, if you look at Abby with all the the disability and things like that, I mean, you can spend all your energy in that, but that's not a healthy family. Um, and so then trying to balance where does it fit in? Where does um, where does this where does our son? fit in you know how do we balance all those things how do we balance his events and sometimes you know a lot of time well actually a lot of times along the way we've had to you know split and and you know only one parent is going to go to functions either either case in order to make things work and you know that's just a reality it's either you do that or you don't do it at all talk a little bit about the beginnings of a new passion in your lives and the support you want to bring to other families um, with this, it's crucial to have support, and this journey is so isolating often. You know, you're at home, and you're dealing with your child's behaviors, and for us, you know, our daughter does have a lot of um, reactive and extreme behaviors when she's frustrated, when she can't communicate well, and so if you don't have that support, even tangible supports like bringing a meal or, you know, offering to take the other siblings out to play. Um, it's very isolating. A lot of people don't understand what um, it does to a marriage and how hard that is on a marriage. Um, and so we basically started to realize, you know, we're not the only ones in this journey. And there are definitely families in our community that need that kind of support. And so out of that and out of helping our church expand their own special needs ministry and leading a parent support group, um, we realized we, we wanted to start a nonprofit to help our community and to help the families that are like ours, um, bring tangible supports, connect the families so that they can share in each other's lives and um, develop friendships and support systems. And um, so that has been really exciting for us. Talk about how you came up with the name for your nonprofit, Hope on the Hard Road, and what you're planning for the future with your nonprofit. Uh, going through this journey of, of raising Abby, uh, you're looking for where is the hope in this. I mean, you're stuck in the struggle, and it can sometimes be a very dark place. You feel like it. I mean, Kristen mentioned, you know, having some crisis of faith because you read verses say that, uh, you know, God has the plans for you. And so often I think we think God's going to bless the plans we have for ourselves. And that's definitely not the situation that comes out of this, nor do I think what that verse ever said or intended in the first place that, um, you know, God does have a plan through this whole purpose in, in that we're looking at it. And it is challenging, but you find him in the midst. And that, that is where the hope is, is, is him in the midst of it. Um, and trying to point to other people, you know, when, when you're struggling, when you're having the difficulties, when it's challenged on your marriage, when it's challenged in trying to find the right therapies that are going to take that next step and you feel like you're hitting a wall with your, with your child, um, that there is hope and, and you're grinding through the adversity, but eventually you're going you're gonna to be able to see that, you know, th this time something came out of it that was good and, and, you know, that God was in the midst of all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hope on the Hard Road, we named it that because we wanted to acknowledge it is a hard road. It's a hard, it's been a hard road for our family. We know it's a hard road for a lot of families with children with special needs. And just also um, pointing out that there is hope. There really is hope in the midst of that. 
And so one of the things we want to do is we want to reach out to families. We want to support them in different areas of life. So the individual, we want to have events for the individual, not only the individual that has special needs, but um, you know, having a mom's day out is just a dream of ours, just a day where you can pamper the moms um, and also a dad's day out where the dads can go and you know, maybe catch a, a you know, baseball game and be together and just have that time together because they're on that same journey. And so there's nothing like sharing in a similar experience and um, understanding each other. You know that you've got that there. So um, other events we'd love to do is um, an annual conference where um, we bring together families and churches and the community and um, basically give out information and and um, helpful things that would support the families and services and things like that and then brings the community together. Um, and then also just, you know, marriages, again, we, we've mentioned that. It's, it's difficult on marriages. It's, um, you know, an extra strain on marriages that, that other marriages don't have. And so uh, raising a child with special needs can be. And so um, we are looking to do date nights with families and we hope to um, provide respite down the line uh, for that. But basically, you know, just having a night out where it's, you know, great food and, and hanging out with friends and hanging out with your spouse and really um, investing in that marriage that you have. So um, those are a couple of the things we want to be doing. And we're really excited that um, even though COVID sort of took away some of that in the beginning, um, it turned around um, to be uh, an exciting time because we were able to do some online events. And now we're looking forward to uh, the opportunity to do in-person events. So now, is there anything else that you both would like to add? Uh, yeah, we're really excited for families to get to know us and to um, get connected and find that support and find that hope. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.